0: The text for the sermon today is kind of taken from all three of those. So you guys probably, those who are at the service or saw the service from back in February, notice there are differences. And the reason is I didn't want to do a rerun. So if anybody wants to watch the previous version, it's on the Internet. You you can watch it that way. So it's obviously been quite a long 14 months for our family. Uh, mom passing away back in March of 2022. And just as we were starting to get to, I just remember thinking in early February, next month it's one year and I'm starting to get past this, starting to come to terms with mom passing and then getting that news that David had died. And so, and now here we are, coming full circle, having that closure very fittingly in Christ Lutheran Church. And we had to do some digging to figure this out before the service, where David was baptized. He wasn't baptized in this building. He was baptized in the old church. Um, like I said, we had to dig to figure out when did they move into this church. If you want to know, if anybody needs to know, it's April of 1980. That's when we got. they moved into here. So, and we have a lot of memories as family, as kids, coming here, sitting in about the second to back pew, because you know Lutherans, they always have to sit in the same pew. And so, uh, and there's, it's still to this day, and if I sing certain hymns out of our hymnal, I, we do Divine Service 3, my mind jumps backwards to being a little kid in this church. And all those, those memories many years ago. And we'd come from, when we got done with church here, we'd often meet mom and we'd go to grandma's and grandpa's or something like that. And so and a lot of memories with many people of this, this, of this town, of this area, uh, growing up, with, spending time at the Petalas when we were young, spending time at uh, Wendell's and Judy's when we were young, um, and so yeah, lots of memories up here and and so the thing is when we gather here we're gathering, it's kind of what this mom would often say it is that one of the sad things in our, it's kind of come of pretty much in our culture in general, it seems it takes death to bring us together it's a sad reality but it's it's we're, we're, we have more ability to connect than any other generation in the history of the world. And yet somehow we get more and more disconnected. And I include myself in that. Pastors, as we've learned, we have, we have crazy schedules. But when we, live, we look at this death and we face this reality, we go to that text in Genesis And God created the earth. He created it perfect, without spot, without blemish. There's no sin, no death, nothing. And God gave a command to the man and the woman not to partake of the fruit in the midst of the garden. And they listened to the voice of the serpent. And by the way, if anybody thinks it's just the woman Remember, if you ever read that text, where was the man? With her, listening to the same conversation, and he never said anything. He never spoke up. So, no one gets to go, oh, well, she was the guilty one. No, he was sitting there. Didn't do what he was supposed to. So, and the world fell into sin. Death entered into the world. The very reason we are here. As pastors, it's kind of the weird thing is, as a pastor, we get a lot of practice dealing with funerals. Um, as a pa- I'm now coming up on 10 years as a pastor next year, next month. And in 10 years, I've done over a hundred, I've been either preached or been a part of over 100 funerals. And so there's, I know there's pastors that have even higher numbers than that in 10 years. And as you go through the years, the faces that, you preached to, you ministered to, um, especially the ones you got to really know, you can't help but notice them gone. And as my family knows, this past Saturday, I had a particularly tough one where I did a funeral for a three-year-old child. And that was obviously very difficult. So how can we face this world in the midst of death? How can we keep going through it? And even... We have a Facebook group. It's called uh, the Facebook Winkle that I created a few years ago, just kind of an online means for pastors to connect And one pastor is lamenting is like, "I don't know if I can keep doing this." And a couple weeks ago, I went to a, a funeral for Pastor Andrew Johnson. He was a pastor in Manila, Iowa. He had a very um, aggressive form of cancer, and he died at the age of 32. And this is the service that he had, that he used for the sur- um, the funeral. He had prepared the entire service. I thought it was really neat because it had all the hymns, but in throughout the service, there's these little boxes in it, and it's little comments from him to the congregation. And when I went into the church went to the town, when you drove into town, there's a drive, drove in on the main street, there was, the first thing you saw was a sign that said, we'll miss you, Pastor Andrew. And then you have all these verses of encouragement lining the streets, lining the highway. And it looked like it was probably prepared by either Sunday school or youth kids. And this is the one that really stood out. And this is why the scripture I picked ended up being the scripture I picked. And I thought it was so, as soon as I heard it, I was like, at that start, I was like, this is perfect for David. And so right before the hymn, it's Christ the Lord of Hosts Unshaken. If you don't know the hymn, it's a good one to learn. Great tune. Christ the Lord of Hosts Unshaken by the See seething rage. The whole hymn is all about Jesus standing toe-to-toe with the devil and basically punching him in the mouth and, you know, beating him. But right before this, Pastor Andrew wrote, I know you may not know this hymn, but you should. Huh, I, didn't, I didn't realize he said that, but, but you should learn it. And it's also the same tune as a great Good Friday hymn. But anyways, the hymn makes it clear that Jesus will curb stomp death soon. Now, anybody a pro wrestling fan? We need we need raise more hands because if you do, you know what the curb stomp is. So David loved pro wrestling. If you didn't notice, there's an Austin three sixteen for Stone Cold Steve Austin hat, and I rem, and there's a wrestler named that is known as Iowa's own Seth Freakin Rollins, and one of his signature moves is. The curb stomp. And so where it is, is where a guy's on his belly and he, he runs and he just puts the foot to the guy's head. And what we just read in Genesis, the promise, the, it's known as the Proto-Oyangelium, the first gospel. God says to the man and the woman who had brought sin and death into the world, he gives them a promise that the offspring of the woman would crush the serpent's head. In other words, the offspring of the woman would curb stomp the serpent's head. I know that's kind of where I'm working with that imagery. So you go through scripture and you fast forward many years. You go to that town of Bethlehem. The young woman named Mary gives birth to a child named Jesus or Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves, the Lord saves. And he grows up and he preaches and he teaches. He does miracles. He does incredible wonders. And eventually he is arrested. He is sentenced to death by crucifixion. Nails into his hands, nails into his feet and nailed to pieces of wood like this one. And there he died over an agonizing six hours. But on that Sunday, April 5th of 33 AD, I I still have to throw in that trivia because David loved trivia, and I'm giving you the history, the most likely historical date of the crucifixion. April 5th of 33 AD, Jesus was not in the tomb. The women came to anoint the body, but the body was not there because the body, well, he had risen. The body that was once dead was dead as a doornail, had risen physically from the grave. Because by, as it says in the scriptures, that he who knew no sin, not in thought, word, deed, by the things he left undone, never failed to love his neighbor, he who was without sin became sin, was crucified, killed, as if one of the worst sinners And by that, he curb stomped sin, death, the devil. Forty days later, Ascension Day, which by the way, anybody guess when Ascension Day is in the church here? It was yesterday. (laughs) So yesterday, that's why you had the gospel lesson was the Ascension Day reading. Jesus ascends into heaven. The disciples are standing down and they're looking up and st- looking like looking up like we probably would, because if somebody ascended into heaven, and by the way, this is back before they had pulley ropes or anything like that to do any there's no CGI or anything. You're just like, what's going on? So they're just staring up. And so the angels appear and they say, and they ask them, Why are you looking up into heaven? But there's this hymn that Julia might remember because I sang this for Howard's funeral, because he happened to die very close to Ascension Day. The hymn is Up Through Endless Ranks of Angels. Again, one of the this is actually a fairly new hymn. It came out 1974. New for hymns. So in 1974. It goes, Up through endless ranks of angels, cries of triumph in his ears. And so this hymn is wonderfully depicting that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he having curbed, stomped, sin, death, and the devil by the cross, sealed by his resurrection, he was ascending as a victorious king. And just as when somebody, like when somebody wins a championship or whatever, there's always celebrations, fireworks, whatever. But imagine what it's gotta be when Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords, ascended into heaven, having conquered sin, death, and the devil and the angels, they would have thrown a celebration, and they would have sung music like you'd never imagine. Because indeed, he was victorious. But before he ascended into heaven, he gave the commission to his disciples. You were to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so the gospel spread throughout the world. And yes, indeed, one day it did come to Christ Lutheran Church, and again, guess not this building, the old building, where David was brought to the font. And that was in March of 1976. And the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And on that day, David received a crown of righteousness. He received forgiveness. He received life. He was clothed in Christ. So that even for every, and he received forgiveness beyond the forgiveness that would ever be needed. Many years later, few years later, St. Paul Luther Church in Ankeny, Iowa. He stood with Paula and there they are confirmed in the Christian faith they confirm the faith that they received in baptism and David throughout his life he, he always had a bible right next to where he was where he would be sitting at his next to his chair he read it and he continued to receive the lord's supper that wondrous meal that wondrous meal at this altar that sometimes is referred to as a portal So I got to, and by the way, why Seth Rollins was such an appropriate story is because me and David, we shared our wrestling fanship. And like, for example, I I used to say this when I was in in Ankeny, we were, I remember when we would go, we went to Evie's and Roy's up in Columbia Heights and, you know, we'd be driving through downtown, which by the way, when we first saw the Metrodome in those first few times, we're like, the Metrodome, that's so cool. That's where the twins play. Well, we grew up in Moorhead and then lived in Des Moines. We don't we don't have a base. We have an Iowa Cubs, I guess. But <laughs> we drove, but we drive there. And I remember one of the times we got there and they just happened to order Survivor Series and we got all excited about that. And so we were watching that with them. Um, well, it was on pay-per-view. But also Seth Rollins, um, he came to Des Moines once for an autograph session and I wasn't able to make it. And so I gave. I asked my brother, like, "Hey, could you go get this signature for me?" And so, and I was Curtis. I bought a signature for him too. And so David would tell f- quite frequently about the conversation and meeting Seth Rollins, the guy who does the curb stop. But another celebrity interaction. The last mess, last interaction I have with David, was through Facebook. And I was going to go to the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. So Comic-Con, in Chica- down in S- Chicago. And David Boreanaz, who plays Angel on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, was going to be there. Both me and my brother lo- really liked Buffy, really liked Angel. And so I said, hey, do you, would you like me to get a signature for you? And he said, oh, I got Angel number comic number zero. What I didn't realize is he just ordered it. I didn't realize he'd... It was an. I thought it was maybe something he had for a while. After David had passed, Paula had found it in a box. David never opened it, and so when I went to C two E two, that's the abbreviation, and I met David Boreanaz. I told him that story, and David Boreanaz said, "He is your brother is here with us now." And then I didn't know this because I didn't get to make it to the Q and A because. I was getting an autograph from Chris Evans from the, at the time. And so, <laughs> Captain America. Um, but anyways, somebody told me later online, somebody I never met, I just said, I just shared a story about visiting with uh, David Boreanez. And so he said, oh yeah, he brought that up. I'm like, how did you know about that story? Well, it turned out is that interaction inspired David Boreanez to bring it up on the stage at the Q&A in front of about a thousand people, they told that story, that very interaction. And I thought it was really cool and I got to watch the recording of it. And the thing is though is, where, whenever somebody passes, we buried my mom this morning and we're gonna bury my brother soon. Whenever someone passes, The place where we meet them is where Jesus is. And Jesus is in the word. He is in the sacrament. That's why we say, therefore, the angels and archangels, all the company of heaven. Or you read in Hebrews where it says, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. That was even the idea of stained glass windows originally. In the ancient church, stained glass windows would show figures of the church, as a remind you, that every time you gather for worship, you gather with the church triumphant, because they, because Jesus curb stomped death. He rose in glory, he ascended into heaven. Death is not the end. Death, oh death, where is your victory? Where is your where is your sting? There is none. Because thanks be to God who Jesus stomp death and it does not hold its weight on us. Death is not an end. The promise is to those who are in Christ that they will rise on the last day. And that hymn that I sang a little bit ago, Up Through Endless Ranks of Angels, the way the hymn ends, it's a beautiful imagery of when a person dies in the faith, whether that was my mom, my dad, my grandma and grandpa, anybody that's ever died in the faith, when they, they take that last breath and they breathe it anew in eternity, you imagine what they hear? David loved music. He sang in the choir. I, don't, I mean, he spent a lot of time in the DMac choir. And so he would hear the songs of the angels celebrating, not celebrating because David did, and by the way, it's not just because David did such a great thing, but it's the angel saying, it's kind of the angel saying, you, it's kind of like, do you know how much work it took to get this guy here? And by the way, that'll be the story for all of you. It'll be like, you have no idea how hard we had to work to get this guy into heaven or this gal because we are, we are like sheep. We want to go every other way. We're, we want to go everywhere but the path that follows behind Christ. And so he works hard to lead us and guide us. And so he did for David. And so, the last, so he, his ears were whatever was going on in the TV that night and switched to the sound of the angels welcoming him. The, la- the thing that he saw next was the sight of Jesus smiling and welcoming him in. The warm embrace of the father as the hymn so beautifully depicts. But as I said, it's not the end. Heaven is not the end. Heaven's great, but it's not the end. Do you know what that place is? Whether it's Pickerel Lake with all the the rocks and the roots, or not as many rocks and roots of Wolf Lake, it's called the cemetery. Cemetery is from the Latin, which means resting place. And so as I've told many of my members at funerals, just look at every cemetery like a giant slumber party. And one day, Jesus is going to walk into that cemetery and he's going to say, David, wake up. And I know it wasn't always easy to wake up David in the mornings, but when Jesus says it, he will rise. Yes, the ashes will rise as a glorified body. And he'll have a full egg. He will be as he was meant to be. And so will be all who hear the voice of our shepherd. Because he curb stomped death. And therefore, we shall rise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.